Hello, I'm Dr. Jimmy Smith. Very thankful for this another wonderful opportunity as we share the Word of God. We're in the book of First Peter and chapter 5, beginning in verse 1 all the way down to verse 4. The Bible says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy money, but of a ready mind, neither as being Lord over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. We know that the next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. After the rapture, there is the judgment seat of Christ. And God is going to reveal and examine our work and the motive behind our work. And we know that God will give a crown to those who are worthy. Worthy because of doing that which we have done unto the glory of God. Not unto the praise of men, but unto the glory of God. And this particular passage here refers to the faithful pastor, the faithful elder, the faithful bishop who serves the people of God in the teaching of the word of God. And God is looking for certain things as the pastor would serve, as the minister would serve, the bishop, the elder would serve. Note the text there in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 2. Feed the flock of God which is among you. That the pastor has the mandate of teaching the word of God. Not my opinion, not my philosophy, not my psychology, not what I think, not how I feel. God says, I've given you the words to say, I've given you the doctrine to teach, I've given you my plan, my will, my way, and as John would say, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. God says, I've never asked you to, to share how you feel or what you think, and too often we, we hear that, well, in my opinion, the Lord says, keep it. I never asked you your opinion. I've commanded you to teach and to preach the word of God. And what a wonderful job. What a wonderful assignment. Certainly, I love the word of God and love sharing the word of God. Uh, thankful for opportunity. I understand that I do not have to serve. I get to. And it is my passion to be faithful to the charge to keep I have a God to glorify. And so we see the pastor is to share the whole counsel of God, not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well, and to share all of the ologies found in theology, to share the whole counsel of God. God wants us to know the entire Bible so that we may learn how to live, learn what to do, learn what to say, and to be able to say it accurately and to say it boldly. And it is the pastor's job, the bishop, the elder, the minister, God has given that person the charge to feed the flock the word of God. And then it goes further to say, feed the flock 
of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre or filthy money, but of a ready mind, to serve as an overseer, to be the person who will speak up when things are not going correctly according to God's will, God's plan in the house of God, to be that voice to express and to correct that which is erroneous in our practice and in our behavior and in our thinking and in our speech, to serve as an overseer, not to serve as the boss, not to serve as the Lord Jesus Christ is the only Lord. But again, to be the voice of God, to say those things that are not comfortable, to say those things that are not pleasant, but they are the word of God. Just make sure that whatever it is you say, may it be the word of God. And if it's the word of God, there also will be a biblical address to attach it to as we seek to persuade, as we seek to convince, as we seek to share. The Spirit of God will do the work of conviction. When we talk about the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the third person of the Trinity. We believe in one God who eternally exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they're co-equal and co-eternal. When we talk about the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will take the word of God that is spoken and grant illumination and insight and understanding of that which was spoken. For we cannot understand the Bible without the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not only the teacher of Scripture, but the Spirit of God will bring the Word of God back to our remembrance so that we may know how to walk with God, how to stay close to God, how to please God, and how to stay away from the traps and snares that the devil has for us. What a great truth. And so we see, again, taking the oversight, having the courage, having the boldness to call wrong, wrong, to not compromise, not be bought, not hesitate because of the faces of the people. It's interesting to note when Jeremiah would preach, uh, he was told not even to look at the faces of the people because the faces can be discouraging. If necessary, look just above their heads. But by all means, come what may, irregardless of who is in the audience, proclaim that which is truth. The people need to hear the truth. The people need to hear the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. Preachers are not entertainers. Preachers are not comedians. Preachers are proclaimers of the word of God and nothing else. And I'm very strict on that because that's what we need. We need the Bible. And so sometimes you hear the preacher say, well, the way I feel about it, no one asked you how you feel about it. God says, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word. And so if that preacher is faithful, we see in feeding the flock and taking the oversight and then further in verse three, neither as being Lord's over God's heritage, but being an example to the flock that Jesus alone is the Lord and the preacher ought to be an example of righteousness 
an example of holiness. Perfect, no, but not caught up in gross immorality, but walking with the Lord. For that's where the power is. Uh, the preacher should be in fellowship with God, to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit concerning what God wants the preacher, the teacher, to say and to be an example in one's life. And so the text says, when uh, judgment comes for the preacher, note there in verse 4, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, that's the judgment seat of Christ, that's the rapture of the church, after which is the judgment seat of Christ, you shall receive a crown of glory that fade not away. If God has called you to preach, he's given you the words to say. And the words are contained and found in the word of God. It is the business of the preacher. It is the business of the teacher to study. And it doesn't matter how long you've studied. It doesn't matter how many credentials. We never graduate. We're talking about a book, the Holy Bible, that is inexhaustible. God can share the same verse and come from different directions every time we look at it. He can pour and illuminate and enlighten and instruct more information, more light, more guidance, more wisdom, more discernment from that same verse. Why? Because God is omnipotent. God is sovereign. He's omnipresent. He's omniscious. We're thankful today that we have the indwelling Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, at the moment of salvation, God in the person of the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. And the Holy Spirit has a ministry of teaching us the word of God. We see that in St. John chapter 14 around verse 26. And that same Holy Spirit not only will teach us the Bible, but bring the Bible back to my remembrance. And that same Holy Spirit will be my guide, St. John 16 and verse 13. Help us, Lord, to be faithful. Help us to be true. Help us not to be afraid of people, afraid of the faces. Help us to fear you, O God, for in you we live and move and have our being. Granted to be so, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.